Well, welcome back, folks, to your anime DJ's Bullshit Hour. This is episode 32. Happy to have both my hosts here uh, with me today. We have two more subjects for you. First, we're going to do our show, Kim Poe Results. I know you guys have been waiting a couple of weeks for it, but we are finally getting back around to it. And then after that, we're going to do Old Wise and In Style. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, boys, how y'all doing? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. I was sitting there looking at Dan. I was like, it looks like Dan's going to say something first. I was like, okay, I'll break the ass. <laughs> I, I like to I like to be the anchor of saying I'm doing most excellent today. Oh, okay. Okay. Most okay. excellent, dude. It was a it was a good week for me, you know, big dubs and fantasy. Can't complain. So very nice, very nice. I got my head bashed in, in one league and I dominated <laughs> the other, so everything balances out. <laughs> yeah, I was two for three with uh the one loss being a uh I was murdered. <laughs> royally murdered it's, it's like yeah. that sometimes bro it really is <laughs> but you boys want to go ahead and get into some news hell yeah um i think uh i think we only got one thing today right uh oh wow really yeah. slacking <laughs> <laughs> well i know i know that uh for everyone that wants to know about attack on titan they did release a uh they did accidentally release a release uh, date for November 4th so um, the production people accidentally leaked it so it wasn't supposed to be out yet but it's November 4th for all you wondering heck yes <laughs> finally I know, yeah. <laughs> it's coming it's coming fast too um, that'll be just in time for me to get back from Europe too That that's I'm very fortunate oh, also for Bass is going to be in and out of the podcast for a solid month. So, yes, sir. Uh, we're going to try and sprinkle him in when we can, but he's going to be uh, across the pond drinking a lot of beer out of big old cups. Whole lot of Hoff, bro. Whole lot of Hoff, bro. Don't worry. He'll, he'll still be here every once in a while, just not on the rundowns, probably. So, yes, and, yes. And I, I also actually have some news. My Hero Academia is back in Fortnite with some super mid characters for you guys to go buy. Bakugo? <laughs> Who is it? So the best one is Todoroki, you know, okay. classic. Okay. But like his outfit, it's just his standard superhero one. And then, this, the, you know, the secondary skin's kind of mid. He's in like a white suit and it's half ice. That's it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Then we got is Kirishima. It- and... Mina Ashido. So it's kind of it's kind of weak. That's not great. That's not really great. Yeah, you're right. Which one's the last one? Is that is that a ball head? No, uh, Mina is slime girl. Oh, uh, girl. Why don't they release uh shit? What's her name? Bunny girl or Momo? Oh, dude, if I could run around Fortnite <laughs> as Bunny Girl, <laughs> I'd probably reinstall. <laughs> you just be watching that. Valid. You'd be just running through Fortnite watching that fat ass, dude. It'd be glorious. Oh, Dan. <laughs> that's why they didn't. That's why they didn't have it. So you can't have little kids seeing all that. Dude, uh, they they already nerfed the booties in Fortnite, so you definitely yeah. can't put her in the game. Yeah, wouldn't do her justice. Well, I guess uh, get to our last bit of news. We actually uh, 
we actually did like a collaboration kind of with Super Dave and he hosts the Treehouse Anime Club and uh podcast and he actually did a couple bonus episodes of his origin stories and then he did another one of origin stories of other people and that included us the DJs we sent him one he talked about it he read it all that good stuff so if y'all want to go check him out he's on uh Spotify you can find him on Instagram too Treehouse Anime Club um it was yeah. actually really good episodes. So. Man, I yeah, I've listened to a couple of his episodes, and it it's a really good podcast. Actually, uh, I think yeah. he takes more of um, a, a hard research approach. We're kind of just fast and loose with it. It's uh, it's different, but it's also really good. So it is I the think, polar opposite of the it, bullshit hour. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> well, speaking of like bullshit hour, I'm pretty sure like one of his next few topics is gonna be he's gonna do some etchy research. So. I'm kind of interested in uh, Interesting. see see what he finds out in the etchy world. <laughs> that poor bastard. <laughs> My man's going to have to fucking bleach his eyeballs. Poor fellow. <laughs> Super Dave, good luck to you on that one. Shout out. Hell yeah. Well, you guys going to get into our first topic? Yes, sir. So we have the long-awaited results from our life or death game of rock, paper, scissors, a.k.a. Shokin Poe. In this segment, we basically played a little game of rock, paper, scissors, and we each got to recommend a show that we think one of the hosts would really like. So uh, it was two weeks ago. I recommended Overlord to Tyler. Bass recommended Afro Samurai to me. And Tyler recommended Go row 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 to bass. Oro? Oh, it's in there. Yeah. I don't think there's that many Oros in it, honestly. So without further ado, I guess we get roll with uh Bass's first look at Dororo. Yeah, and I guess I'll take it and kinda uh give y'all a little bit of recap of it. But we talked about it mostly on the episode um, 30, episode 30, I think, DJ in episode 30. Um, so if y'all want to go back and listen to what we talked about then, that that would be awesome. We're not going to go heavy into it right now. Um, but this is a remake of a 19 to 1969 anime, Dororo. And it's one season made in 2019, 24 episodes, and you can find it on Amazon Prime. And it's made by Tezuka Productions and MAPPA. And as we all know, Tezuka, uh, you know, he he has done like Astro Boy and like even the upcoming Pluto. And uh, also My Home Hero is done by uh, him as well, right? Or I, was, Tez- I don't remember if it's done by him, but I mean, Tezuka is an absolute legend. Uh in the I think industry. it was done by Tezuka Productions, maybe. Oh, so. Tezuka Productions. Oh, okay. Because I, I feel say. like he can write a story way better than that. Uh, I, and I don't, I'm not sure that he's still alive. I think he died uh, in the mid 90s. So, yeah. Damn near impossible. Don't, don't drag my man through the mud like no, that. Astro no. Boy is freaking awesome. And it, for anybody that doesn't know, I mean, Tezuka is referred to as the god of manga. So, I mean, this is the heavy hitter. He is like the modern creator. Of well, not creator, but one of the big names um, that helped create uh, modern manga, anime, 
a great animator and just he's a god he's the og of ogs yes sir but yeah uh this this is basically like a historical samurai show with supernatural mythology tied into it which is one of the reasons why i figured bass would like this um because he likes rurouni kenshin which has huge samurai themes and this has huge samurai themes in it as well um he loves boxing and this show has that too. And top it off, you know, he really loves when history and mythology has huge tie-ins to the themes and uh, plot. And I'm, I believe it does that in this too, uh, to my knowledge. I, I don't get into it as much as Bass does, but, you know, I know it's there. So, uh, but yeah, um, going for going to Bass, you know, what's your what's your thoughts on it you know so i i i thought this was a a really solid show i definitely could tell the old god of manga wrote this because um it starts off very heavy um in, in the first episode like you told me and i was expecting this at least uh there was a baby with no eyes ears limbs or skin and you saw it and it was something to behold um didn't really know where it was going to go from there even though you had told me um and it was really interesting, but I was wondering how they were going to make that character likable and not, not you pitying the person, but you kind of do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, but the main, I don't know if Dororo is the main character. I'm only about halfway through. I got through 12 episodes, but I've really been enjoying it. Dororo is a, uh, a little girl that kind of follows around uh, with the, with the other main character there. And so i to answer that question, I'm pretty sure Doro and um uh I forget his name off the top of my head. Uh the samurai. Do you do you know his name? The I don't know how to pronounce his name. Okay. Piaki Maru, I think. Yeah. That uh right. yeah. Okay. Uh Do I think they share uh they co main, I guess you can call it. They're right. both main characters of the show, so yeah, and, and, and it was really cool because he, he doesn't have a voice or a tongue for most of the show. How you really have to listen to his, his experiences through other characters like Mal's. And it was interesting that they did that. And I don't know if I like connected with him too much, but Dororo was really cool. They have some really good uh, characters. And like the main plot of the story where he's like gaining his senses back it kind of takes a backseat. I don't know if it picks up in the second half of the anime, but the first half seemed kind of very focused on like saving individual people or villages, which I liked. It kind of reminded me there's an overarching story, but it's, it seemed like a, a bunch of mini series, maybe an episode or two on each thing or demon or monster they encounter. And I do like that. It kind of reminded me of uh, cowboy bebop in that way. But okay. overall really liked it, man. Yeah. And like you said that there was like some, uh, historical and political um, ties into it. I didn't see too much as far as political ties, but the mythology was definitely there and all over the place um, with the demons. Yeah. Um. So like the last, I know you only watched the first half, which what you said, you know, it kind of goes over um, kind of the backstory and kind of building up, you know, what's really going on and stuff like mm -hmm. that. All the stuff that you need to know what well, the last half, uh, somewhere along the lines, it it really hits the gas pedal on um uh as far as itself. You know, right now it's kind of focusing on 
what's going on around him in the world. But then it starts focusing on himself as well. Um, and as far as political stuff, like the whole, I don't know if it's kind of said this or not yet, but the whole reason why he, you know, uh, Maru, I'm going to call him Maru. The whole reason why Maru is even in that situation is because of political reasons. Right. So that's the whole, that's the whole reason why he's even in that state. And that's the whole reason why we even have this show is because of political reasons. Cause you know, his dad was just a ruler or whatever, wanted to have, you know, his country prosper and he wanted to have that power to take over other lands and stuff. Yeah. He was, so. he was like a new daimyo or something of this sort. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, he pretty much made it a pact with a bunch of demons uh, to pretty much take all the senses from his first child. But after that, you don't see it too much. It comes in, you know, maybe for 30 seconds to a minute every few episodes. And like I said, I'm on episode 11 or 12. And there hasn't, his kingdom's falling apart, but there hasn't been any political repercussions so far. Yeah. I think I think it's more of the fact that historical and myth, mythological um, right. in there. But it does have political. Sure. Um, uh you know, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoy that type of stuff because, you know, for me, that kind of stuff kind of goes in one ear and out the other for the most part. Mm -hmm. And maybe Minato tells me later, you know, as he's listening on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> maybe not, you know, never know. So yeah. uh, the other thing that you did say, well, there's there's a there's some good boxing and there's good boxing in droves. Um him fighting while being blind is, is pretty cool to see and, and how he sees is actually pretty cool. And there's some challenges even with that. So I really did enjoy that, man. I really did. Yeah. I was wondering if you enjoyed like the fights and stuff, cause it's pretty cool to see, you know, uh, what he's working with, uh, and stuff. And, uh, especially like later on, I think it gets, it gets more interesting because I don't know if you've actually seen him, get his arms back yet but no not yet no okay. no i think well, that must be the next thing because he has everything else back at this point except for his eyes and his arms well you know okay. you know when he gets his arms back he's gonna have to relearn to, How fight, to fight you know yeah so, yeah uh one part that i thought was really cool was him getting his sense of hearing back and yeah. it, it was just like being i think it was either windy or stormy the night that it happened and he was just so overwhelmed by sound. And it took him days, I think, early like a week to pull it together because he hadn't heard anything before. <laughs> and I thought that was a good detail because sound would be like a lot if you had never heard anything. Because there's constantly sound if you're walking around in the woods at night or during the day. Uh, the leaves, the wind, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. So I thought it was a cool detail. He has prosthetic arms, right? Yes. Okay, I'm sitting here going, how the fuck does somebody with no arms fight? I forgot that he had prosthetic arms. Yeah, he's yeah got prosthetic like, everything, really. Like basically his arms. I don't I don't think he can really use his arms, right? It's just uh there, I think. Yeah, and like, so he, like just he, he has takes like his arm off. He, yeah, from like I think like just from his elbow on, he has nothing and it's like a prosthetic, but like his sword sheath is like just a, a hand, an arm. So yeah, you can't he really like, use his hands. He just pulls his forearm off like a sheath and uses, you know, then it's a blade underneath, you know, for both his arms. So um, I don't even know. I'm pretty sure he, he doesn't his, have any. He, he, he has dexterity, okay. but not much. Uh, the, the guy who made the prosthetic said, you know, you can control it with like your shoulder muscles. 
Okay. So yeah, he had prosthetic neat, legs. Though. Yeah, it was, it was it's dope. It's kind of like how some you know how modern prosthetics work. Okay. With how you uh, control it with the muscles that you have left. Um, I want to ask though, do you think Dan would enjoy this? I think he would. I yeah. think he would. It's it's a quick watch, but it's it's good. It has a lot of good side characters. Um, it's also very dark. I can tell Osamu Tezuka wrote this. I can definitely tell that. <laughs> there were like I, I had to pause it a couple of times. I was like texting you about it. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> this is so sad, man. Um Yeah, so some uh, uh there was a uh pleasure girl taking care of a bunch of kids and having to sleep with armies to like take care of them. And I was like, yo, what is going on right now? Yeah, it was very yeah. sad. Very, very sad. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it then. Uh uh like is there anything like you want to get into anything that you didn't like or your favorite people, um, unfavorite Dororo, people? Dororo I've come around on her the last maybe three or four episodes after they've gotten into her backstory, but she's fucking annoying for the first nine <laughs> episodes. Um I also don't she- like that I haven't heard a single fucking word out of Hakimaru yet. It's just it's, it's just weird. Like I know why, <laughs> but like you're the other half of the show, and like I've I've heard you scream for the first time, and it's episode eleven. Give me a fucking break, bro. Well, you know you have heard him kinda through through Doro. You know she she talks sure. for him. You know <laughs> <laughs> she talks for fucking everybody. Goddamn. Um, She's like yeah, a narrator, I, basically, of the show. Right. I sure. wish they would have had him talking a little sooner i wish that would have been one of the first things he got back because i think talking instead of like hearing or something like that would have him being able to like say things and not hear anything back and just get some comedy out of that or something it just seems after a while like it it seems like a stick more than part of the story you know what i wish i wish that they would have used like inner dialogue um thank you something like some some like it didn't it doesn't have to be a lot because i know like a, like i said doro uh kind of tells us the inner dialogue or whatever but what we're supposed to hear or whatever what we're supposed to know she tells us but i think that it would uh just because he can't talk here all that stuff is it doesn't mean that he doesn't have inner thoughts like right. we should i i feel like we should have heard some of that at least before you know like you said halfway through the show so yeah, because like you have no understanding of him. He's yeah. in the show. He's a big part of the show. He's the main attraction, but it's hard to connect with him at the same time. I, there's no characters. I, I mean, I've, I have more attachments to some of the side characters, some of the reoccurring side characters than I do the main two cast. And that's my biggest gripe about it. But I, like I said, I haven't watched the whole thing. I'm sure it'll come around. And we'll, I'll get to know Hakimaru as I get through it, but as of right now, that that's that is by far my biggest complaint. Okay, uh, is is there any like characters you really really don't like? Dora Rose, my least favorite. Okay. Yeah. Um. Did Did you say a favorite character or no? My favorite character, I can't remember his name right now. It's it's the old blind guy that keeps reoccurring. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, he's, yeah. He's the, so uh, cool, man. He's so cool. The um, traveling. Uh. uh I, I don't even know what he is. He's some. He, yeah, he's he's like a, a spiritual person. He yeah. goes around hunting demons himself. 
But yeah, I thought he was the coolest because he kind of helped us understand Hakimaru. And he, he's pretty funny. And I don't know if he's meant to be funny, but he's funny to me, is what I should say. <laughs> no, don't expect much comedy out of this show, guys. It, it, no. People at home, it, it's not there. It's very no. serious. It's pretty dark. Uh, the, the comedy you get is going to get from, you're going to come from Dororo. And it's, it's, it's kind of few and far between. It's a very, very serious show. Gruesome. Yes. I would say. So. Yeah, there's some moments, man. It's just like, I wish some things wouldn't have happened because I like, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough to see some <laughs> of the things that happened in that show. I like, yeah, I, I, I would, like I said, I was texting Tyler and I was like, I need an emotional break from this. <laughs> I'm not yeah. much of a crier, but damn, was my heart hurting, bro. <laughs> Fuck. Well, um, I'm assuming, uh, based off of what you said, you like it for the most part. Do you have like a r- rating yeah. or any like final thoughts? Um, overall, very good show. I liked how serious it was, but like I said, um, biggest gripe was the the main characters, which is funny because I still really like it. <laughs> I, as far as a rating, I'm gonna give it like a, a seven four. Very solid, very solid show, yeah. especially for only being uh, halfway through. I think I got it like a, I think I probably give it like an eight, probably, if okay. I remember correctly. So, yeah, I have to see how it finishes. I'm definitely going to finish watching at this point. I only got 12 episodes left. Um, yeah, only need to see season, what happens. Right. So. I want to see some confrontation between him and his, his father or him and his family and kind of see how that plays out. I'm pretty sure it's, it's been a while since I've seen this, but I'm pretty sure that's the major plot. Uh, Going Later to the second on, half, like, yeah. I mean, it's like, got to be. It's building up to yeah. that. Like that's like the major thing that happens is you know, because uh, he has to, he has to you know he has to uh, in order to achieve uh, what vengeance would that be? Vengeance. Vengeance is yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Fuck his dad, bro. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad it got a like a seven and a half, seven point four. What uh. But yeah. Excellent. Yeah, good recommendation. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And now we get into is it Dan's turn to me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some overlord. Let's do it. So for our Isekai fanboy in the group, I recommended one of the only Isekais I've really watched. Uh so I recommended him to watch Overlord, and I guess I'm not the first person to do this. So it should be up Tyler's alley based on that. So if you guys don't know, Overlord, it's currently four seasons. I've seen three of them, and I kind of threw the first season on a little bit in the background dub just to kind of refresh myself. It's been a few years. Uh, each season about 13 episodes. Like I said, the reason I picked this, it's an isekai. That's Tyler's bag right there. <laughs> I really enjoy it, like a good isekai. I'm not saying that I like enjoy all isekais, but I at least check out a lot of them, and I enjoy it when it's done decently. Because there's a lot of trash isekais out there, um, so when I find one that's done halfway decent or very good, you know, I cling on to it pretty hard. Cause they're usually interesting. So definitely, with Tyler being a gamer too, I thought this might be a good show for him to watch. So uh, it was done by Studio Madhouse, released in 2015. The super short abridged synopsis, super nerdy dude, plays a video game for a long time, 
gets stuck in it when the servers are supposed to shut down. All the NPCs gain personalities and come to life. And he has no fucking idea what to do. But he's still super fucking OP. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, Tyler, how, uh, how far did you get in it? How many episodes did you get in? So I watched the first season. Okay. Uh, first season of it. I didn't start the second season because I, I felt like um, that might uh, uh, start overlapping in the other... Uh, other things you know so i just kept it at one season i think it's what 12 ep- 13 episodes for the first season so yeah uh, yeah i thought that was pretty good um but uh, uh yeah i guess Go for it. i was gonna say did you enjoy that did you enjoy the premise of the show everything going on in it yeah uh so like my my thoughts on it uh you know you mentioned npcs uh npcs was like some of the main uh people of the story besides uh mamonga um and it made me when you said that it made me think that their personality would just stay the same throughout the show but it doesn't and uh that uh you know their personalities do change kind of i think he said they were gonna stay the same yeah he did i i gotta go back and rewatch it because i thought you're a fibber well, no, I, I, mean, I made the comment, you know, is the exact same, man. Oh, okay. They're, they're all, okay. I made the comment that, um, uh, that was like a cop out for the, uh, the, uh, team or whatever, uh, because they didn't have to, uh, you know, worry about them. They're set in stone. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but they do change. Um, depending on their like experiences, they can recall conversations of the past between like guild members and everything like they uh like they they make their own decisions and everything like they start off at this level and then the the experience that happens to them and the conversations between mamonga and them uh actually changes them uh is what i felt like maybe dan felt differently but i felt like they was changed because they ended up making different decisions um even though momonga told them to do something else they ended up making decisions on their own that was different than what they would have done in the beginning so okay i guess yeah i guess what i was saying i was saying like more their core personality stays the same okay okay yeah because it it definitely the way you were talking about it made it seem like they were like npcs npcs like yeah like you know they had like they only have certain things that they can say, like you know they can't oh, recall. Yeah, I didn't mean they, it like that. I meant yeah. more like the succubus is always a uh, succubus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. She's uh, so like Momonga. Uh, before the thing happened, he went in and changed her one of her uh, programming lines to she's. Deeply in, instead of being a bitch, she's deeply in love with Momonga. That was his last act um, before the server shut down. And when the server shut down, they get like this this uh, uh, kingdom that this place that he's in gets transported to another world or something like that, um, a game world or something that's not. Uh, where he was and everything stays the same way he loses uh uh ability to change 
their programs, any of their programs. He uses loses the ability to uh, message, you know, server admins, uh, friends, all that good stuff. So, um, so like some uh, things that uh, I I really enjoyed that they changed personalities. Though um, it was a surprise because I thought that it was gonna stay like the same the whole time. And I felt like that. Probably could have got boring, but it doesn't. So, um, uh, one thing I really like about this show is I really liked how they did the world building. Um, you know, I've said this before. Some of my favorite isekais, um, are like Slime Reincarnate, um, Realist Hero Re- Rebuilt the Kingdom, and ReZero. And some of the things they do very well is world building. They build their worlds very well and they introduce them very well. And they use strategy. Um, all these, all these ones that I really like. They use strategy, uh, very well in them. And while this show isn't on the same level as the three shows I mentioned, it's still a very good show because even though Mamonga and his NBCs are OP, he still treats every, everything as if they are stronger than him until he knows that they're not. And so that means that he strategy plays a big part in every fight that he does um in this show and i really enjoy strategy and not just straight op uh going and one hitting shit and in an isekai you know uh yeah i think one of my favorite parts in it regarding strategy is the fact that you always see momongo like freeze up when they're having their meetings and he's like uh uh how do i handle this and he starts like starting to say something and then like his right hand man, the strategist comes in and goes, I believe what the Lord is trying to say is X, Y, Z. And he's very <laughs> smart for thinking of that. And you just hear like Momonga's <laughs> inner, you just hear Momonga's inner dialogue, like, fuck, I wasn't gonna say that. But everybody else is like, Oh my god, he's so smart. He's such a wise leader. <laughs> yeah. His inner dialogue was like uh pretty fun. It, it, uh they done the inner dialogue as good as well. Um, I don't think it could have been as fun of a show without it because like Dan said, uh, some shit he's just thinking to himself that it's just so funny and so interesting because, you know, stuff gets handed to him a lot. So it seems like, uh, but you know, there, there isn't anybody that can really challenge him in this world until, you know, towards the end. Um, which I really enjoyed that too. The end of the first season, they actually bring someone in that can challenge him and he has to use a lot of strategy against them in order to even have a shot. Um, and I like, I'm not going to spoil it for, you know, anybody that wants to watch it or whatever, but I like the, the person that they chose. I like how they tied into the story. Uh, they done that very well. Um, and I know you said there wasn't any like, uh, other players. It's just mainly NPCs, uh, at first. I'm assuming like the second season, we start getting into like some players entering maybe. I don't think it's till the fourth, if I remember correctly. So it's a while. Cause they, they're acting like, you know, at the end of the first, they're acting like there might be other players around. Does, does it take that long to find the other players? So I originally watched this four years ago. So it is very 
blurry the first three seasons and i kind of watched the last season really quick one night so it's not like the most like forefront of my mind but i think like i gotta give it a rewatch it sounds like <laughs> well uh i can say that the english dub was very good um in my opinion uh that's how i watched this i tried like an episode of the subbed and it was it was pretty good too uh, but I just felt like that this show had a really good dubbed cast for the most part. And, um, like it wasn't annoying or, uh, bad. So I just decided to watch it dubbed. Um, it's easier, you know, especially for podcast reasons, uh, all that good stuff. Um, was it weird to you that the main character was like an eight foot tall skeleton? Cause that threw me off at the beginning. I was kind of like, this is kind of different. No, because I've, I've like, actually watched stuff with, like, weirder... It's the guys with weirder main characters. I mean, this is a game, you know? Like, you expect to have weird shit in the game because they're in an MMORPG or whatever. So, uh, like, I mean, it, it, him being a skeleton made some, like, uh, interesting slash funny uh, plot points um early on so uh that was fun and when he switched to his uh when he switched to his you know um uh, melee uh gear or whatever um in the black knight costume or uh outfit or whatever uh that was uh that was pretty fun like i feel like if they started out with the black knight outfit this wouldn't have, this wouldn't have been as interesting and fun you know when you yeah. have like a basic uh basic ass character basically you know when you you have him as a skeleton it makes it more interesting off the bat you know so yeah i really enjoyed when they introduced his adventurer persona because like the man is a completely broken level 100 skeleton sorcerer mage guy and he's like you know what I'm going to go check shit out. Instead of being myself, I'm going to throw on a suit of armor and go slash shit. That way I don't seem like I'm incredibly broken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he basically nerf him, ner nerfs himself uh, by doing that because he's a magic user. And obviously, when he goes to this, puts these clothes on, you know, it nerfs his uh, ability. He cannot do any magic or he can't magic offensive magic, I think would be the better word for it. And, you know, he's not as skilled um, melee uh, as he is magic because he's a mage. So um, so I really like that, that they kind of nerfed him, but it still didn't matter for the most part. Uh, well, yeah, when you pull all the legendary armor and swords and shit out of your junk box, you know, you're kind of still broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'll get into, like, my favorite characters. Uh uh, I really enjoyed the twins. Um, I, I forget their names. It's the little twins that uh, guard the arena or some shit. The cross-dressing uh, elves. Yeah, them. <laughs> I really enjoyed their like personalities. It was fun. Um, they kept it like fun and light-hearted for the most part. Um, it was really enthusiastic. Um, also, the party that Mamong Mamonga joined um, early and or you know um they i really enjoyed them as well uh and i really enjoyed shaltair the vampire so 
I really enjoyed her as a character. Okay, I guess that gets to my next question. You know, who who is the best waifu in this show? Because I've obviously got a type, it sounds like. <laughs> I think it was Shalter, the vampire. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, you know, she does have, like, the colored hair and stuff. So, you know, it, it hit a little bit different. Um, You know, one of the... I, I'm pretty sure you probably picked Albedo. Al- Albedo. 100%. So, albedo. And she she was pretty good. I, I enjoyed her for the most part. She is one of the characters that I kind of didn't like though. Um really? be- because she was an, she was kind of annoying. Uh, I feel like if they could have reverted the changes that Momonga made to her, it would have been a whole lot better. If maybe it wouldn't have been so much, you know. But um the fact that she was like uh, always basically on top of him saying, you know, perverted shit, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of got old after a while, especially in like some situations. So, uh, yeah, but, I think they definitely tone it down later in the show, but it is very in your face for the first season. So. And you know this this has like a mature rating. Uh, this show has a mature rating, and I'm pretty sure the whole reason why it has a mature rating is because of the things that Albedo says to Shalter about Momonga. I'm pretty sure that conversations inherently make it make it a mature show. They're talking about panties being wet and everything what? else. So excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> hey man it's a light novel they get weird so okay. Okay. they have some pretty cringy conversations i ain't gonna lie and albedo is uh the one that's doing most of the cringy stuff um <laughs> that's why i thought she was kind of annoying so if they could have toned that back a little bit like i you know she would have been a you know way better uh person uh character so but she bad though yeah, she she is. She's she's a bad girl. Uh not as bad as Shaltier though. <laughs> uh another one that I didn't really like, they was fun, but I didn't really like them was the wise king of the forest. Because it was a super letdown, the hamster. <laughs> I, I'm like, is he talking about the giant hamster? <laughs> yeah, that was a letdown. Uh not that I didn't like the character. I disliked that that was such a letdown. I thought we was going to see like uh, a big, scary uh, monster animal thing. And then it's just a damn hamster. He's basically like comedic <laughs> relief. So, uh, I huge thought letdown. That, I thought that part was hilarious. Oh, it was. But, you know, <laughs> I didn't dislike the character or the, the uh, thing, the hamster. I just oh, disliked. What they did, you know, they hopped it up to be scary. They hopped it up to be the wise king of the forest. That's the name for it. And then it just pops out of shadow and it's a damn huge hamster. Hamsters the size of a school bus. (laughs) It's a little scary. And but his voice isn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not. No, it's like a little pipsqueak voice. So that's fine. I thought it was hilarious how they did that. They made it seem like he was going to go fight some big-ass monster, and it's just a giant hamster. It was like, this is so stupid, but it's so funny. 
I mean, the whole his heart, whole uh, you know character was comedic relief. I felt like, which is fine. It kind of needed that, I guess. Um, but still, I I felt like that it shouldn't have been the wise king of the forest. Maybe I don't know. I I feel, or at least they shouldn't have hopped it up to be a scary monster so much and then have it be that big of a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um. Well, I guess that's that's basically uh, uh, about all I got for it um, after watching the first season. So uh, it was pretty much like a, a more chill sword art online without like the, the, the romance chasing shit because, you know, there is no romance in this one. It's just too bad bitches fighting over Momonga and and calling each other names, basically. And Momonga is like a, a little 12-year-old oh, that's scared to uh, get cooties. <laughs> this dude, he acts like a 12-year-old scared to get cooties. Hey, man. His inner dialogue while they're saying shit to him is like, oh no, no, <laughs> we can't do this. Not here. <laughs> so... Yeah, very so, interesting. So for us non-Isekai fanboys who don't watch nearly as much Isekai as you, is this like below average, above average, on par with your average Isekai? Like, You know, like this stuff right here. Um, so I put like the way I think about Isekais is there. there's like a couple different kinds. There's like the the this kind that goes like with Sword Art Online and stuff like that, um, where they kind of get stuck into stuck in another world, like a game world. And I kind of don't count this as Isekai, you know, kind of. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how to explain that. Like a true Isekai, I mean, this is Isekai, but it, like a, a the other side of the spectrum, you got things like, re-zero or reincarnated slime stuff like that where they die or they just get teleported to another world you know uh uh old truck coon comes in yeah. with some hellacious murder and then they're in a fantasy world so they're like on with with their with the same uh kind of uh shows isekais you know like games like they're in a game or whatever or, or even like just games in general, uh, and they do stuff in the game. Like I, I feel like this was pretty average. I feel like it was, uh, maybe slightly above average. But as a whole, if it, if you start comparing it to the shows, like on the other side, you know, um, then it's it. I think it becomes way above average because on the other side, um, you start getting a lot of those trash isekais. Whereas this side over here with the video games and stuff, they're usually pretty decent. So, and um, they're usually pretty average and decent. So, um, either way, this would be a decent average or above average show. I would probably, with watching the first season, probably like a seven or seven and a half or something like that would probably be my thing. And it 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 would probably end up going down to seven as I watch it because these guys usually do get kind of old and stale so 
but yeah on this one they do a good job bringing in other antagonists and things like that to keep it interesting so i didn't think it really got any worse i mean i think it's just a really solid b-tier show yeah um that i would not watch with kids around <laughs> no not especially not um dubbed because they they be saying some shit uh they the, the girls be saying some weird shit bro <laughs> yeah i guess if you watched it subbed nobody would know unless they're reading the subtitles so that that yeah. does help out a little bit i don't really think like a whole lot happens um mature wise uh uh animated uh you know if you unless you count like blushing um i don't really think anything really happens like that so uh it's just all dialogue that's kind of cringy and uh stuff like that so yeah <laughs> sweet awesome awesome so you boys want to get into some uh afro samurai yeah let's get, into let's get into something you should not watch a certain episode with children in the room guarantee <laughs> 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 subtitles no subtitles don't matter um <laughs> no <laughs> so afro samurai just going back it's a five episode miniseries that aired around 2007 um, it kind of fo- it follows uh, a man named Afro. It's what everybody calls him in the show. He, he saw his father get slaughtered by um, the number two in the world. He was the number one. Um, only the number two can challenge the number one in the world. They're all f- various fighters. Afro and his father happen just to be samurai. You can use guns, missiles, whatever you like. It's just everybody vying for the top spot and the power that comes with it. So... I recommended this to Dan because there's some phenomenal uh, boxing in this one. I really like the soundtrack for it. Um, it's something I can I can listen to while I work, and it, it works very well for me that way. And also the art style, I thought it was really really cool. But Dan, what were your thoughts, buddy? Yeah, so I I like Bash just said, you know, the art style was awesome. It was like a really weird combination of Western and Japanese animation. So it almost didn't feel like you were watching an anime per se. Mm-hmm. It also didn't help that you had Samuel L. Jackson yelling in the background the whole time. <laughs> but it had like a similar animation vibe to like the Boondocks, but with like a little anime twist to it. So I enjoyed that. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, the atmosphere of the anime was great. The backgrounds were stellar. Um, the plot was super front loaded and very straight to the point. It being a five I mean episode <laughs> five show, episodes, yeah. It had to be. It's kind of so, movie, by the way. Yeah, Afro Samurai Resurrection. Yeah. I did not get a chance to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than the fucking show. Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I think that oh I think God. this being five episodes, I think this is only like a eighty something minutes. About hundred uh, minutes long. Something like that. Yeah, I'd say about probably one twenty. The episodes are about twenty four minutes long. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that the plot was super front loaded, like it made it easy to watch, but it was also kind of like you just knew what was going to happen every time. So it wasn't like you were sitting there in anticipation of anything. Mm -hmm. But the focus of the show wasn't the plot, it was the boxing. Bass knows me really well. And the sword play in this was awesome. I think my two favorite fights were Afro Droid. Which is fucking intense. That I mean, was awesome, bro. The, the mirror fight. The mirror fight. And then when he comes back as a fucking crazy ass robot. 
with like guns and missiles and everything else. I did not see that coming at all because like, oh, he's he's a samurai droid. Right. And then all of a sudden he's having bazookas pop out of his chest to shoot laser beams and shit. I'm like, okay, this is pretty rad. But there's a scene where they get launched into the sky and they're fighting midair for like a solid minute. And I was like, this is fucking cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome. You really don't expect it to, 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 to go there because it's just like he's a normal samurai and he just gets launched in the air and it's like, fuck this bullshit. I gotta, still got to win. And then my second favorite fight was definitely Gino. Gino, the, his mm-hmm. childhood friend who got turned into a crazy ass android thing. Uh, the bear head, a little interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's just because uh, their, their, their friend uh, Iso. Used yeah, to have the bear. Yeah, she used to hold the bear, and he was, it was just to remind him of that. Well, he could never see it, so it's just kind of a giant ass. It looked like, like, a, like a bear. Well, I mean, if you were looking through a mascot head the, uh, head the whole time, it'd be hard to forget. <laughs> true. Uh, I want to I ask, though. I thought, I thought the bear head was, uh, I, I thought the bear head was like something to do with the fact that he was like uh, on like life support or something like that um and he was trying to hide that that way people wouldn't look oh, down sure. on him yeah. so i mean well, i'm sure he was just trying to hide his face but i think that he it was a bear because of co okay. yeah yeah definitely i mean it's kind of like you know it's like darth vader wearing a mask you know same idea a little bit different of an execution mm-hmm. <laughs> darth vader was scary looking and the bear looked cuddly, but was not cuddly at all. Yeah, as far as like, okay, Darth Vader is scary, but like a robot with a bear head is is fucking. <laughs> if you saw that in real life and they were dead fucking serious, you'd be afraid. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you weren't listening to the sound effects and hearing all like the mechanical noises, I don't think you would have known he was a robot. You know, so I really like the sound of this um, anime. Mm-hmm. It did a good job with the sounds you hear in fights, character movements, and things like that. What did you think about Afro as a, pro, a, a protagonist? He was a very one-dimensional character, I thought. Okay. He had one goal. He was very yes. soft-spoken. He did not talk much. And he kind of had his inner dialogue through Ninja Ninja. Ninja Ninja. That fucking, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will say with Ninja Ninja, there were points mid-fight. And I was like, bro, just shut the fuck up. I'm trying to watch. <laughs> no shit. He's got to watch his left and his right. The dude's got two swords, man. We know. You did. You did yeah. enjoy the mid fight, motherfucker. I, I love the motherfuckers. <laughs> there were points where I was like, this is kind of taking away from like the impact of the actual fight. For sure. I, I think um, specifically one spot where I didn't like having Ninja Ninja talk so much was the droid fight. Yeah, that was this one. Or yeah, I'm thinking the other ones that felt fine because he was more in the background, but Ninja Ninja got too loud in that fight. Yeah, and they were like, even when he was holding the bear, he's like screaming like, "Oh, you should run from this motherfucker! He's got two swords. You can't do shit." (laughs) And I'm like, "Fucking Afro Samurai! Don't worry about him." Yeah, Yeah, but at that time, you, I, I don't. I can we really spoil this? It's been out forever, right? Yeah, go for it. You don't really realize that that's just a figment of his imagination. So when I figured that out, I was like, oh, that's really cool. This is basically the personification of his inner thoughts through the headband. Yes. Which is fucking cool. 
which yeah, is fucking, fucking really dope, cool. right? Yeah. Um, one thing I, I I always find interesting. I rewatched it since I recommended it to you. It had been a uh, a good amount of time. I think a few years since I had watched it, and like if I was watching it for the first time, like some of the decisions Afro made in his past would have surprised me Did any of those catch you off guard or did you kind of know what he was going to do before he did it even in like the flashbacks yeah i mean like i said he's a really one-dimensional character he had one thing on his mind and that was revenge for his father so yes, i wasn't surprised sure. that when he found out that his master was number two that he went right for him you don't give a fuck okay but like, what, what that, about what about his reaction to his his i guess his formed family dying I was kind of surprised, but not really, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It just, it just, that's who Afro is at that point. I mean, kid sees his father die in cold blood in front of him. Like, that's going to fuck you up pretty good. Yeah. He, he definitely has a one track mind. Yeah. I think the first time I watched it, I was, I was very taken aback by it. Like it made me view him very differently. Um, I, I'd say he's like more of a, an anti-hero than like a, a true, true hero in any way. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't there's think no there's really, guys. there's no heroes in this. No. Which I've always enjoyed shows like that, where it's no one's really right, but no one's really wrong. So that's always mm -hmm. been something I enjoy. And I mean, I think my favorite character in this is probably Gino. Like he had the best backstory. He had a purpose besides vengeance for what he was doing originally. And everything was taken away from him. And in a much different sense than Afro. And I just feel like he was like, his backstory was way deeper. And like the emotional connection you can form with him was a little more yes. on par with what you look for in a show, you know? Mm hmm In a main character, really. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always thought that like they did a lot with the five episodes. Uh, that, that they had, like you said, about 120 minutes, and we get backstory out of a, a few characters, uh, mainly two, but a few characters, and most of all, the the, the fucking boxing, bro. Yeah, it I, was, I think it, I think it's 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 a one. It was all the boxing, dude. <laughs> it was all the boxing and the soundtrack. That's what made this show great. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, the soundtrack was good. You you recognize uh, the Wu Tang Clan? I, I do recognize the Wu-Tang Clan okay, uh, very, very much, very you know, <laughs> you know, you hear RZA, you hear RZA at the beginning, you're like, oh shit, that's, that's fucking RZA. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Shit is hype. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's really good soundtrack. And I liked how they use more of a hip hop beat through all the fights and everything versus, you know, like your more traditional anime music. So I thought that was an interesting take. I mean, it being a, a Western take on anime, that makes sense. You know, this wasn't made in Japan. It was like done with a western studio guided by a mangaka and it turns out that the manga actually came after the anime yes and it was only released in the u.s so i thought that was really interesting i didn't know it was only released in the u.s yeah i did a little research and i was like that's kind of cool because i was sitting there i'm like well this story was really short sweet to the point very linear i was like i wonder if the manga continued and went more into depth on things added more of uh character development and things like that but nope two volumes done <laughs> <laughs> just what i would expect i thought you were gonna say one um cool man cool yeah i mean it's really not too much to it but yeah i, I did recommend it to you because i, I know you're um 
sticking to audio and just like with fire force i, I love the sounds that are in fire force and you felt the same way so don't get me started on that it's a, a different conversation yes yes it is but i'm glad you liked it yeah overall you know it was um just i'm a big story i'm a big plot guy and while I love the boxing, I feel like the plot did kind of fall flat at some points. Like it felt very linear until you got to episode three or episode four, where they introduced Gino and everything else. So give it like a 6.5 out of 10. Like it was definitely better than a lot of crap I've watched, but nothing to put it in like the upper echelon or anything like that, right. you know? Right, right, right. And that's not to say I wouldn't recommend it to people. I mean, if you don't have an hour and a half to watch something like this that was made in the u.s like what are you doing come on give it a shot it's yeah, really fun it's definitely worth it yeah it's just a, it's a fun little show to watch um i mean i i watched this while i was cooking the rewatch by the time i got done cooking it was over <laughs> i think right. i actually I actually i think i had episode five left and i watched it while i was eating it was done i was gonna say yeah that's a long ass cook time dude dude i was i was stewing some shit up boy <laughs> Yes, sir. You, uh, you know, one thing that I really wish they would have done, kind of, is you know how this whole show was kind of like grayscale, kind of, except for like maybe the lemonade and the blood. Yeah, and the blood. It's so <laughs> more like blood. a grayscale, kind of, you know? I think it, what if they, at the end, when he got the, you know, got achieved his goals or whatever, what if it, Opened uh, opened up to color, and quit being grayscale. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? I think that would have actually been really cool. Like when he put the headband on and like the sky cleared up and everything else around the mountain where three quarters of the show takes place. If it wasn't so much like a muted blue sky, but if it was like a bright blue sky, I think that that actually be kind of cool. I can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's one thing I I was like. You know they missed they missed something there that that could have happened and that would have been like that would have like put emphasis on you know him achieving that so right I I, I don't think it would have fit I don't think he actually was very fulfilled by getting his vengeance in the end I don't think he he was he achieved his goal but was not at peace with himself I thought yeah. it was a, I thought it was a tragedy uh, that way um, and I think that I think that could undermine the tone I can see that. I was going to say, I think the, you know, the muted color palette fit the atmosphere of the show so well. And I think it would have been weird if they got away from that. Um, but I would have liked a little bit more color in the sky. They tried to make it blue, but it looked like it was like <laughs> you were looking at it through like a, a really dusty piece of glass. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think the color would be a, a good idea. But I don't know if it if it would work with the um, the theme of the show. It probably wouldn't, since there is actually a movie afterwards. So I'm sure that it continues the plot. So if you had like the end be color, like how would the movie go? You know, I'm I'm assuming the movie needs to be in like the uh it is in the like uh, muted colors. So. Yeah, and I did like the ending, how it had Gino show back up again, like, long time no see, Afro. And then they exchange blows and just cuts to credits. I was like, that's a really satisfying way to end this, because... It never yeah, ends. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind Vengeance of the is a cycle, yeah. That's the whole point of the show, 
And I like how Gino had the uh, the number two headband over his giant bear head. Nice touch. It looks pretty <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a bobblehead with that, honestly. <laughs> that would be a good pop because the head's already yes. huge. It makes sense. True, true. <laughs> oh, but all around, did you guys enjoy the shows you watched? I definitely yeah. did. Yes. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So you guys ready to get to our next segment? Let's do it. I got All my right. walker ready. All right. <laughs> cool. Cool. I got some tennis balls. Um, well, guys, we have old, wise, and in style in honor of the National Grandparents Day. And uh, it's, we're going to go visit the old folks' home and kind of talk about some of our favorite senior citizen anime characters. So we got our tennis balls. Dan's got his walker. <laughs> we're ready to go. So who wants to go first? Uh, Dan, you got it? Yeah, Dan. I can go first. All right. So the first old guy, the first senior citizen, the first of the elderly, I think on this list is the oldest of them all. I think that's a safe bet. So I have yeah. Genrisai <laughs> Yamamoto from Bleach, the head captain himself, the dog that that man is. He's 21. He's older than 2100 years old. The man is a should be a walking skeleton at this point, but rules of humans do not apply for the Shinigami. I thought you was going to say, I thought you was going to say he's 21. I'm like, bro, please don't. I, I almost said <laughs> I almost said 21,000. I have this thing where I always throw an extra zero whenever I go to say like 2,100 or whatever. Mm. So I almost said 21,000, which, you know, it says over. So maybe. I don't think so. But he is the ripe old age of 2,100 years. Old as fuck. So this man is a walking menace. He is so strong. That mid-level characters can't even stand in front of him. I think he's got some conquerors hockey boys. <laughs> okay. Level, I think on the level of our boy Shanks, you just you stand in front of him, you're weak, you're done, you're falling over, you're scared. <laughs> so he's a hockey man. He's a swordsman. <laughs> he, he would probably be the most powerful swordsman in One Piece. Let's be honest here. Okay. okay. Uh, one thing I do love about him is his unwavering sense of justice. In the fact that his justice is right and nobody else's. He's the one who's always <laughs> right. If you don't believe that, you're, you're going to probably burn up in a fiery inferno. I mean, yeah, who's going to tell me he's fucking wrong? <laughs> Just a spiky-haired orange 16-year-old named Ichigo. That's about it. I guarantee Kurosuchi says he's wrong, too. There's not a doubt in my mind. It's, uh, you know, he, he has to, bro. Maybe internally, but I don't think he's got the balls to say it for a boy's face here, dude. This man really? is a menace. Okay. You gonna go tell this guy he's wrong? No. It's Kurosuchi, bro. He's a he's a he's a, he's a clown anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a he's a sunflower right now, dude. Leave him alone. He's <laughs> oh, shining bright. So shit. So, my ass would stay in line. I ain't messing with him like that. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Uh, another thing I love about Yamamoto, uh, he has my favorite Bankai in all of the Bleach world. Azanka no Tachi is so broken. It is not one Bankai. It is four. 
it has four forms. You got the north, the south, the east, and the west. And they're all menacing. And one summons hordes of zombies that are your fallen allies and makes you kill your friends. That shit is fucking brutal, dude. That is goes so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite lines from him is, I am here. There is no better security than this. It's fucking cold. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's really like, I'm, I'm him. I'm here and I'm him. But it did lead to his, his arrogance is what led to his undoing. But damn, it was fucking fun to watch, man. No, you're, you're, you're dead ass right about that. That was an amazing scene. That fight with Yuho Baha was awesome. And I do got to give my chops to his English voice actor. It's he's such a good character in the dub. The way he talks, like the u- mannerisms he uses, he just sounds like somebody you don't want to fuck with. I love that for him. Yeah, I Excellent. still, I, I still do not believe that he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Only got cut in half, dude. <laughs> I mean, got his bomb, I, bomb I, jacked. I know that he's he is, but I cannot believe it, bro. He is alive <laughs> in my heart. Yeah. So awesome. Which one of you boys wants to go next? I'll go ahead and knock out the next one. I'm gonna go with uh Master Genkai, Yu Yu Hakusho. I've been on a, a little Yu Yu Hakusho kick here on the show uh, the last few weeks. So my sensei. continue. My yes. sensei. So not quite as old, but definitely still a senior citizen. Uh Genkai is at the young, ripe age of 70. And um, I, there's some, a lot of things I really like about her. She is a hard ass, but a very tender person once you actually get to know her. And I love those kinds of people. They don't, they, they don't kind of let, let you through the door. At, but after a while, you kind of start to see them show how they care in their own way. And I think she's like one of the greatest sensei in anime. You know, she helped um Jirameshi kind of overcome some of his toxic masculinity and i believe episode 30 of the bullshit hour 29 i believe i uh, kind of talked about how i liked how Jirameshi ended up and having a very holistic view of what a man is but genkai definitely taught him that he was just kind of a punk on the street being a hard ass and being an arrogant little brat and she brought some more positive sides out of him and made him under care more about the people around him, I guess in a different way and showing it in the right way. I thought that was really cool of her. And when you get into the dark tournament, so she had to disguise her fucking self because she had taught so many people that were in the dark tournament. So some of the most powerful people in the universe were her students who she helped, you know, make their ultimate moves or teach them how to use the spirit energy and, She's she's just a fucking legend in her universe, bro. Famous. And um is the you know the legend of the spirit wave, which is, you know, the what uh Yurameshi learns and how to use his spirit gun and later masters the spirit wave. And I thought that was really, really, really cool. But I don't know. Genkai's just always been that girl to me. She's 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 a bad bitch extraordinaire. I put her in that, <laughs> that category. She's not much of a looker being 70 years old. But that's not hey. what a bad bitch extraordinaire is. You know what I'm hey. saying? <laughs> when she's in the dark tournament and she's looking about 60 years young, or 
45 years younger. I had to redo the math. Though. I was like, this is about to be really bad. Yeah, 60 is not bad. That's a no-go, bro. It's 45 to 50 years younger. She, okay. She's pretty bad. She's pretty bad. Yes. I, yeah. She was a bad if I recall, Dan went on like a like a probably at least a five minute tangent in one episode about how she she's like his waifu uh, in early days. So hey, man, she, she was a looker. She was a looker. <laughs> it, it was an episode from the DJ's younger days, episode fifteen. <laughs> we did a segment on who's your sensei, and I picked Genkai for a lot of the reasons. Oh Pat yeah, said. yeah. But my main reason is I respond really well to tough love. And this lady's a bitch. So she would get across <laughs> to me pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's. She treats people differently, like some of her students, she wasn't an absolute bitch to. But you're a mess. She, she knew she had to, like, get through his young, thick ass skull. And she pulled out some very dangerous training. And beat his ass a couple of times. <laughs> Brought him near, near near to death a few times. Uh, I think she made him balance on one finger on a needle for three days. Or some shit like that. They just <laughs> crazy shit, bro. Crazy shit. She's, she's insane. But an amazing teacher, obviously. She's taught like half the fucking people on the show how to use spirit energy. Okay. Yeah. That's it for old Master Genkai. Well, uh, I guess I'll get into my uh, favorite boomer, and that is Garp uh, from One Piece. And, you know, we're big One Piece fans over here. Uh, uh, you know, we all know who he is. But if you don't, he's around age 78. So he's he's on up there. I didn't really ex- didn't really realize that, that he was like almost 80, bro. Yeah, Garp needs to go to fuck home. I don't know what he's on. <laughs> nah, dude. If he retires, he's gonna end up looking like Sen Goku with him just walking around eating chips and getting fat. That can't happen. <laughs> um, did y'all also know that? Well, you know, obviously One Piece characters—they're you know uh, way out of proportion. Uh, but he's he's nine foot five inches, bro. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize he's nine he's, five. Yeah, he's nine foot five inches, bro. Garp's a big dude. Yes, that's a that's an interesting fact that I figured I would share with y'all since I was sharing, you know, his age. So, um, but basically, who he is for all you uh, non One Piece uh, people, which uh, that's that's a problem. Honestly, um, you should be watching One Piece. <laughs> He's not lying. Uh, I don't know what your excuse is, um, but you know, you should watch it. Um, but he is a Marine Vice admiral in one piece um he's a legend he's a living legend he's uh dubbed hero of the marines uh based on his past actions uh back in the uh, golden days of uh pirate the pirate era um he is the father of a very powerful person uh in one piece um i'm not gonna uh say because that's pretty deep into one piece and no, I don't really want to spoil it for people. So it's like hundred. Nah, it's, it's like it's like uh past it's like past water seven, right? We don't even find out that he's it's Luffy's after water seven. Yeah, yeah. We don't oh, even find right. out he's Luffy's grandparent grandfather like until like three hundred change. Yeah, water wow. seven or something. Yeah, so. I, I, until you watch the live action and it yeah. just spoils it in like episode three or four. 
Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm going to mention that he's, you know, Luffy's grandpa, because they moved that whole uh, uh, timeline up, you know, and made it a thing. So if you've watched the One Piece live action, you've already been spoiled of a thing that is a mystery until like episode 400 and something. So GG's, I guess. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, one of the, one of the reasons why I like him, he's one of the strongest old guys I've ever seen. Uh, no joke, know. man. Dude yeah. throws cannonballs faster than cannons. <laughs> <laughs> the he fuck? just palms it, bro. He just palms a cannonball and just like throws it. I can't even imagine. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, and he's got a pretty, like, he's a teacher, you know? Um, and, you know, any man that can put up with, who takes Kobe and Helmeppo under his wings and makes a man out of at least one of them, uh, you know, and puts up with Helmeppo on the daily, like, that's, that's a good man, in my opinion. So, very patient man. <laughs> I would call it patient, but, uh, he, he's not a very patient person, I don't think, but, um, he's, he's got to be behind the scenes. He's got to be Helmeppo. Helmeppo's probably Helmeppo's tough, man. That's all I know because uh, Garbs beat the shit out of him every day. So well, I was gonna say Helmeppo. <laughs> you might say he didn't become a man, but he is a hundred times the man he was prior to that trip. <laughs> <laughs> he is, bro. Like compared to ninety percent of One Piece characters, Helmeppo's a man. But we've so got the he's, upper he's echelon. A so he's a pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he uh, you know, he gets my respect for uh for putting up with Helmeppo and like training Kobe and Helmeppo from, you know, what they was, which was nothing. And now, you know, they're kind of, you know, esteemed people kind of, you know. Uh, I don't like Helmeppo must just get paired with Kobe and they must think that Helmeppo is on par with Kobe or something. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> I if I remember correctly, it was more of like a rivalry thing. He's like, I don't want this little shrimpy ass kid to be better than me. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm doing it too. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, but GG's to them. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's got my respect for that. Um, and another thing that I really like about him, he doesn't really give a shit what anyone thinks. Um, he just does what he wants when he wants. Um, I get, this is where Luffy gets it from. Uh, you know, it's his grandpa, uh, and basically he's basically Luffy, but in the Marines instead. Um, and you know, I'm not going to get really deep into it, but you know, one of my favorite, uh, sections of one piece, you know, is Marine Ford, uh, because of obvious reasons. And, you know, Marine Ford could have been a totally different story if Garp, you know, chose to do something different. But instead, he did the least amount possible, and that's uh, that's the best way I can explain it without spoiling anything. But he did the least amount possible. He did a minimum that he could possibly do without getting in trouble, and that shit was, you know, for being a vice admiral, that shit. He's got my respect for that, you know. Um, uh, and you know, Sengoku pretty much stopped him from committing murder that day too uh which I, was, I didn't uh, appreciate how he did that but yeah <laughs> he, he stopped him from committing murder and probably being a treason 
you know, uh, as well. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know if his legendary actions would have got him out of all that. Um, but we didn't get to see it. So, but it would have been fun to see, honestly. Uh, Definitely. And going off that too, like it said multiple times in the show that if Garp didn't hate authority, he'd be the Admiral of the Marines right now, or he'd be the fleet Admiral. He'd be the top dog. Cause he is that guy. But, Fuck the government. So exactly. Garp's like Garp's like he likes his freedom or what freedom he can have. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why he isn't um, you know, Admiral or whatever, is because he's got his own sense of, you know, uh sense of uh justice. And if, you know, his sense of justice doesn't line up to, you know, the government's sense of justice, he just don't do it. You know, he he refuses to do it. Uh and, you know, I think that he doesn't really care for the higher ups. Um, you know, we, I don't really want to get into it like deep, deep, because then we're getting into like spoiler uh, territory for uh, newer One Piece folks. And yeah, we're uh, talking 450 yeah. episodes in, yeah. so we really can't talk too much detail on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just know he's that guy. He's that yeah. guy. As y'all can see out of One Piece live action, if you haven't watched it yet, definitely should check it out. And then, you know, maybe, you know, watch the anime after because the anime is 100 times better. So, yeah. What um, was your rating of the of the One Piece live action? We, we were missing you that day. Uh, I think I give it around a uh, end of sevens, I think. Um, OK. All right. Uh, I think so. I think the way I did it is like. You know, obviously, like, um, like the shoujo rom-com live actions, they're obviously going to be a different place, you know, than, like, shonen type shit because, you know, that's the basis of, like, a romance movie and stuff like that. And that goes in a different category. But it's actually one of the better uh, live actions that I've seen. Um, you know, I've watched Cowboy Bebop and a few other live actions like shown in live actions and it's oh it's one of the best i've always heard of roni kenshin was really good but i've never seen the live action of roni kenshin so uh, i couldn't tell you i've heard people say it um but rom-coms like the shoujo genre live actions they're uh they're pretty good but you know it's not any cgi or fighting you know it's just right it's a little bit different of an yeah. approach yeah uh but yeah, cool. that's that's my first dude. Uh, definitely watch One Piece. If you get anything out of this episode, watch One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> we need what well, we need like the hip toe. If you guys if you guys have watched Futurama, you know like the hip toe hip toe. Yeah, we need that, but with something One Piece related. <laughs> watch One Piece. <laughs> watch One Piece. <laughs> cool. So I, I believe I am up next. No, Dan, go ahead. I'm going to turn here. Yeah. You can go if you want. Shit, let me get this shit done then. Okay, we got the <laughs> Fuhrer King Bradley in this mug. So we got Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, King Bradley in the in the story is between, I believe he's 69 or 70 years old, so still a senior citizen. And uh, he is a bona fide badass. We're not going to go too, too much in it, but I don't think we've mentioned this in the previous times that we have talked about him. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the, my favorite moments from him is when I believe his arms had been hurt or broken, he fought with a sword clenched between his teeth 
you know, little Zoro style. And then he pretty much reverse jumped the whole fucking army. Um, like he's moderate or some shit. So cool. motherfucker, dude. Some of the best scenes of the show involve fear King Bradley. Um, one of the funniest moments I thought was funny. Once we realized what was going on, he got mad at a little girl for crying at her father's funeral. So he was shaking mad and, uh, his, his, uh, his, uh, officers were thinking, man, he, he's really emotional right now. He's trying not to cry out loud and he's just sitting over there pissed off. Cause this little girl won't shut up during the moment of silence. So King Bradley, AKA wrath is a demon. He's an absolute fucking demon. He is a disciple of black air force energy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> But I still think he is a very interesting character, even though like I, we all love him because he fights like an absolute madman. And but he, he I don't know if he fights well because he like believes in father's goal or if he's just pissed off all the time at everything. Uh, I, I don't I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter because he's wrath. Right. But um he also has this weird code about what he likes and what he doesn't like. I just find him, he's, an, he's, he's cool, but he's intriguing at the same time. He has respect for other great fighters because he values self-reliance so much. But I think it's ironic. I don't know if you two do, do too, Dan, but he was kind of giving everything he needed to become pure. Yeah, so, I I wouldn't necessarily say he was given it. He earned it. Because if you think back to his backstory and his flashback. Sure. He had to be the best out of like, what, 30 guys? Yeah, it was out of, I believe, 50, actually. Yeah, 50 he had guys. to be the best. Yeah. And he had to work his ass off for that. But he but gave him, they, they, that, they, they gave him the gave him the world. Yeah, they gave him everything. So. Look down on other people that like rely on other people when that's all he's ever done. Um, you can say he, yeah, he did earn his spot, but he was giving supreme training. Um, the same training that everybody else got. But then after that, he was, everything else got given. His dog was just a little bit more, a little, little more bite than everybody else's, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I thought he was also one of the, well, probably he was the coolest among you except for maybe to me, except for maybe greed. Because Greed's greed was, point. yeah, greed was presented in a very interesting way. Uh, between these two, wrath and, and greed, uh, the other five sins, they were very straightforward. But those two had some depth. You didn't like gluttony, dude? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Gluttony's just what he sounds like, Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, th those two were really, really cool. Um, I also thought it was always funny when he was talking down on people um, that were really involved in their religions. Um, I forget what people were constantly telling him that he's going to get struck down by God. And he would always be like, he'd look down and he spits on it. Right. And he's always like, you know, uh, you know, if you guys should do something about it yourselves, if you really feel this way. And I just thought that was always interesting and, and kind of funny. Cause it's like, they probably should, but they, I guess they're just not strong enough to stand up to you. Fuhrer. You're the King. Right. Um, and then he, I don't think this show actually works without him in any way. Um, he provides like a good backdrop for everything that's going on. He's self-reliant um, where everybody else in the show 
uses teamwork. He thinks being a king is being the strongest where everybody else kind of pulls everything else together and cares about each other in a deep way. Even some people that we think are enemies or, or bad people really aren't. And they come around in the end to help our, our protagonists. So one of the best characters in the entire show, and that's one of my top two favorite shows. So of course I'm going to fucking kick, pick Bradley, bro. <laughs> that's my motherfucking dog. Hell yeah, dude. Speaking of Bradley, uh, I'm like on um, episode, almost episode 50 of Full Metal Alchemist. So I'm almost got to finish. Um, it's yeah, you're getting, pretty close. It's, it's starting to get uh, pretty, pretty intense slash good. You know, um, I mean, it's, it's been, been good. It, you can, you can, uh, your word, your word, yeah, correct, that, great. correct. Yeah, that well, it's, it's been pretty good. It's just, uh, it wasn't. Up until this point, it wasn't at the level that y'all hopped it up to be, or what everyone says it is. But now it's starting to get what? to that level. You know what I mean? Oh my God! Don't do this. Don't no, do like, this with me. like it's it's you know everybody says it's a ten or whatever you know, and which I may agree with it. You know, in the end, um, uh-huh. it's just like how you the way one right piece now? does. But you know, it was it was a really good show up until. Like episode thirty five to forty or whatever, and now okay. it's just it's just getting really good. So, all right, it's that late right. game shit, bro. My hand is just hovering over the disconnect button on Discord right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, is, I'm not even that, talking slander, bro. That shit is gas from beginning to end. I I didn't say that though. I said I said it was. I said it was a really good show. You know, up until it just wasn't a ten for me. Uh. You know, okay. but now it's getting into it's going even. It's like it's like it's hitting its water seven right now. You know what I mean? In One Piece terms, you know it was good, but then it hits water seven and it becomes even greater, and then it hits you know time skip and it becomes even greater. So, so how long do you think we're gonna sit here just like glaring at him before he just? Stops trying to uh, <laughs> walk this back. <laughs> uh, until until we, uh, Dan, it's your turn. Let's... <laughs> Who's your favorite boomer? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> God damn it! My second selection for today's topic was Isaac Netero from Hunter Hunter. Uh, if you guys don't know, I know Tyler doesn't because he haven't watched Peak, so I can't talk about why this guy is such an awesome character too much. Thanks I've watched a lot, like Tyler. 20 to 30 episodes of Hunter Hunter, so... <laughs> Shame. <laughs> so, Netero is 120 years young. He is an old guy, but he doesn't seem like he's an old guy. Uh, one thing I just love about him is his character. He's always really goofy. Like, there are scenes where him and Killua are playing some dumb game just to pass time. And Killua's just getting so pissed off because he's just joking around the whole time. And Killua just can't touch this ball. He's trying to, like, he, he can't do anything in this game they're playing. It's hilarious. Um, but this dude can get serious in a fucking instant. Non, like, flip a switch. Um, 
He's an incredibly wise old character, like most of the elderly on this list. But he's a little different in personality, which I really like about him. Uh, he's incredibly driven to win. He's a little arrogant to his foes, which is really fun. He actually just hates the weak. He's like, nah, you're a bitch. My kind of guy. So, uh, question. Is this the dude that uh, is like pretty sure they're on like a plane or something and like they, they're, they're playing basketball or some shit? Yeah, that's him. Okay, okay. So I he's, he's like a goofy guy. I didn't put two and two together, but I've seen I've seen that part, you know, uh, I've seen, you know, past that part. But uh, I, I didn't know it was him. I didn't know his name. So, OK, you said chairman of the Hunter Association. I, I was like, that might be him. So I just want to see. But one thing I really like about him is he is pretty selfish and he'll put his own goals above what probably makes sense for the greater good sometimes, which is really fun. Um, I've always enjoyed him as a character. Uh, like the wisest, pervy old guys. He's a huge fan of big old anime titties. Gives him a plus one in my book. His Nen technique, 100 type Guanin Bodhisattva is insane. He might have the most broken ability in this show. He is absolutely OP. And I'm just going to say Chimera Ant Arc peak fucking fight no spoilers because tyler ain't there yet it's a damn shame <laughs> i've always heard uh chimera and arc was peak so um so maybe i'll good. make it there soon after after full metal alchemist maybe maybe i'll give give this another shot you know try to finish it up we'll see that fight alone is worth it that's you just got to get to that one dude that fight is insane <laughs> it is so fucking good Man, I, I am blanking on Hunter Hunter right now. I haven't watched it in years. He's fighting the ant. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> a lot of uh, this. A lot of clapping going on. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, um, I guess it's my turn. Or, yeah, it's my turn, right? Yeah, go for yes, it. Uh, so, um, my next favorite boomer is Granny Chio, and for all you that don't know, I'm a big Naruto fan, and she was in uh, the OG Naruto, and she is, I think, 73-ish, um, somewhere around that age. Uh, and for y'all that don't know, she's uh, Sorcery's grandma. Uh, she's also one half of the honored siblings of the Sand Village uh, with her brother, being the other half, so it's they're pretty esteemed of uh, esteemed of the hidden sand village uh, people. Uh, but you know, one of my she's one of my favorites because she's pretty good at medical ninjutsu. Uh, she's very knowledgeable about poisons and such. Uh, she kept uh, she kept um, uh, like Sanadi at bay. Uh, back in her golden days, as far as poisons and stuff goes, uh, she's a very good master at puppet technique. Uh, she, with minimal help, and I say minimal with the utmost uh, uh, emphasis, minimal help of Sakura, she defeated Sorcery and his puppet minions. And Sorcery was a very uh, great puppet master. Uh, Sakura was her puppet. 
she was able to control and manipulate people. Um, so that feat alone, you know, defeating a member of Akatsuki at 70 some years old, uh, is very good, especially Saucery, one of the top, uh, Akatsuki, I would think. Uh, she sealed the uh, one tail in the Gara. Um, uh, she also gave her life, uh, to bring Gara back to life and through by doing a self-created life-giving technique. You know, she made it herself and sacrificed herself to bring Gara back. Um, so she's pretty badass. She's a she's a badass boomer and and if you need any proof of that, Kabuto even like reincarnated her during the Force Shinobi War, uh, back when he was bringing people back to life. So you know, uh, yeah, she was like one of the, yeah, I mean, she was one of the strongest, if not the strongest person in that village for a long fucking time. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, she's, she's, she's a, she's a bad boomer bitch. (laughs) The triple B, bro. (laughs) But, uh, she's old and crusty, dude. Oh, she, she's dead, but yeah, sure. (laughs) <laughs> I met before she died. She's a crusty looking old lady. Yeah. She had some gas in the tank though. She had some gas. I mean, you know, she's doing what many people can't do and beating sorcery, man. The, you know, sorcery what he had like a hundred or a thousand he knew a hundred or thousand technique or something like that. I forget. Um, so it was pretty wild and poison on top of that. So it was a pretty wild fight. I enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Granny T.O. MVP, bro. But Big that's, time. That's, Big time. that's all I got for that. She hard so. carried the whole village. <laughs> Sand village. Uh. <laughs> Damn. Awesome. You guys want to do some quick honorable mentions? Uh, you want sure. to? Sure. Yeah. This will be brief. For Throw my honorable names mention, out there. I have Kaseki from Dr. Stone. His name literally translates to fossil. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. He is only 60, but the man looks like he's 100. He looks a lot older than most of these people. He's besides, lived, He's lived a hard life, man. Back in besides, the Stone Age. Besides maybe Grady Chio. He's probably the oldest guy on this list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my honorable mention was Anoki, the Suche Kage. Um, I think he was between 85 uh, and 75 throughout the show. I'm not counting Boruto because it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> it's a bona fide badass dude. He's a stubborn little old man, but he... he yeah, he's that guy. He, he's that guy. <laughs> I like how you threw that in there because it doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, shit, man. Uh, I guess I guess my honorable mention is uh Silver Fang or Bang from bang, bang. Uh, Bong from uh One Punch Man. Uh dude's a badass. He's eighty one years old, five foot five inches, and he's just a certified badass. Uh S clear S class hero, third third rank S class hero. So he was top three at one time of heroes in the one punch man world. Um has his own dojo, all that good shit. At 81 years old, I don't know how, how, how much more badass you can be. So, and without him, this uh, show and manga would have been a lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> True. 
He might have been <laughs> because the, of Garu. Uh, Garu. Yeah, I was just saying he did train <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my honorable mention. Uh, it's pretty fun. So, Welp, awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed those two segments. We had a lot of fun with them. Make sure to go on your favorite podcast platform wherever you listen to us and our beautiful, sexy voices. Give us a rating, guys. We need some help here. We can't do it ourselves because that's that's pretty tacky. <laughs> also, <laughs> if you're enjoying the content and you want to talk to the DGens more and meet some of our other homies who hang out in our Discord, linktree.com slash Check out the TikTok, the YouTube, the Twitter, everything we got going on. Tyler's been putting out some gas on Twitter. It'll be a very funny one related to a little lore from my watch of afro samurai that we actually forgot to talk about <laughs> we're also on threads as well hive blueski all that good shit so i don't know what half of those are out of touch <laughs> these damn kids <laughs> but awesome guys we'll catch you next week with the weekly rundown on tuesday peace later